so much for joining me tonight on another episode and as always i'm grateful for your support and speaking of that support thank you guys we've just reached 10k 10,000 downloads how wonderful in the world of podcast <laughs> that's pretty big actually in a world of in my world uh 10 was huge when i found out what an episode that i published made 10 downloads i'm i was shocked and 10,000 is like unbelievable so thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for all that support. Again, you, you wonder why I think that's why I thank you because I see those numbers going up and people are sharing with one another. And mind you, this is all being done without social media. So I know it's you. I'm not listening to myself 10,000 times. You guys are. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate you to no end. All right. So I recently had an email from what I consider basically a, a contributor to this, to this podcast because he really has very thoughtful emails and makes excellent suggestions. And of course, he made this excellent suggestion that I'm going to use today. So if you guys want to make a suggestion as well, please send me an, an email at T-A-L-A-I-B-R-A-8888 at G mail.com. And I'd love to know what you guys want to hear about or talk about. If you have a relationship question, love them. Inspiration central here. I love that. Send one my way. I would, uh, it would be great. The email is about a New York Times story regarding the virus and it's called the last anointing. The email that he sent uh, says that the end of the article suggested a person should answer three questions. And here they are. What is important in life? What is the ultimate meaning of life? And what is your human, I'm sorry, what is your ultimate hope? So the three questions are, what is important in life? What is the ultimate meaning of life? And what is the ultimate hope? What is your ultimate hope? And his question is, where would we start looking at when we're considering these existential questions? Now, this is, this is deep, you guys. I, I can do one episode on each one of those things. <laughs> And that's exactly what I might do. <laughs> so, but in today's episode, I'm going to kind of round them all up to probably the most existential question of all, you know, the one that we have in the back of our minds and significant events in our life can sometimes make us look at this question more seriously. Now, I want to start off with the story of us as humans. Uh, when we are born, we are confronted with a lot of physical stimulus. Uh, we want to master the name of objects, understand how they work. We might want to physically master our body, right? So we learn how to walk, eat with a fork. Uh, uh, we learn to uh, potty. All those things are physical stimulus. I wish this was enough because as we even age more, so we're talking about if in our junior high, we're starting different types of mastery, but it's still on the external mastery, whether it's schooling, it's finishing school, maybe going to graduate and getting to college if you go that route or going to a vocational school or even just working uh, or starting your career after, after high school. Whatever you decide to do, it's still a physical idea. We are working towards stability shelter. We're working towards basic needs being met. Now, 
if <clears throat> you are just developing in that way and you're going through the, the, the motions here, you know, around the 20s, you'll start uh, developing or wanting to, to develop the stability in relationships or intimacy. You may have trouble with that, but it, it can go either way. But that's really what your interests are going to be around that time. And, uh, as you, as we age, we're still working towards even more stability, uh, career, identity comes in, comes in hand, leaving some sort of legacy is there. Now, when do we think about the meaning of life? So far, we are looking at life in a superficial sense. Everything is, is physical mastery. It's our physical world, 3D world, uh, mastery around us, whether it's work, whether it's uh, communication with others, relationships. It's all, again, external mastery. It's our attempt to control our world. Now, the meaning of life also takes on, at that time, the, the shape of goals. It would look like I'm going to write a book or I'm going to f- graduate or I'm going to become a lawyer. I'm going to have children. So th- they, they look like goals. And we start off this way, most of us do, that we, we think if we achieve this goal, then it somehow uh, seems like I'm living life. So we have the kids, we finish the schools and we, uh, in whatever order you want to put that. So you can have the kids before the school, after the school, whatever you like. But we're living life, we're doing those things. But at one point, those things start to not be enough. And that's an appropriate milestone. Let me tell you why. Because there is something that is missing on the inside. As I'm trying to control my world on the outside, sometimes I go too far thinking that I just need more and more of that stuff to get me happier and happier. Because that's eventually where we're going to get to. We're going to get to more and more and more. So that when we start to question what's the meaning of life, it is really a beautiful, if we allow this opportunity, a beautiful awakening for us. It could be a nice shift from the external world, making you look at your internal world right? So outside has been a strong source of relief, has been the strong sort of source of value development, uh, satisfaction, validation for our life. Our identity is presented in an image of some kind of externally. All of that has been developed on the outside. But again, it's it has an empty tone because on the inside, it lacks the fulfillment and the development that the meaning that we're, we want, right? Because accomplishing all this stuff eventually doesn't serve a meaning because intuitively, we're still asking this question, what is the meaning of my life? If it's not just having a child or writing a book or working as a lawyer, what is the meaning? So, great place to be. Because at this point, we're going to talk about the shift that goes within. And the best person that can help me do that is Viktor Frankl. Now, Viktor Frankl was a neurologist from Austria. He was also a psychiatrist. He developed what is known today as logotherapy, which is really addressing existential themes like we're talking about today. 
he was kind of the daddy of all those themes in, in the field of psychology. We like him. We like him a lot. But <laughs> why we like him even more was because he's also a survivor of um, the Nazi regime. He was held in a concentration camp known as Auschwitz, and he survived it. Later on, he did write about his experience in camp, and he wrote overall a total of 39 books, but one of those books is the one that he ironically didn't want to put his name to, uh, became the bestseller that we know today as uh, Man's Search for Meaning. Very important book. The whole book is freaking quotable. It is beautiful. And Viktor Frankl came to mind because I thought, well, if we want to know about how to live life, we got to go to the, the man that wrote about it in the midst of suffering. How did he experience and find meaning in the middle of all that suffering? How did he do that? I am fascinated by him answering this question today. And so deliver to you some of the stuff that he talked about, about his experience that might be helpful to you today in answering this meaning of life question. The first thing Viktor Frankl says uh, that I kind of would think is very relevant to how we started this episode. He says, when we no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. Now, this is a really important part. As a matter of fact, it is probably the most important part of all, because I started by telling you how in the outside world, we're attempting to achieve mastery. We get so involved and stimulated with the outside world because it is tangible. We can touch it. We can feel it. And so we can measure it and we can gain our value from those measurements and those evaluations. And we can actually see the results of our actions that we manifest. So on the inside, we pay very little attention during this time because we, again, we're overstimulated from the outside world. We're thinking still the outside is happening. But when we no longer are able to change the situations on the outside to satisfy us on the inside, now that's when the magic happens. That's when we are challenged to go to the last place we've been looking, which is ourselves. It's, it's, a, it's a great idea. This is the biggest clue he gives us in the beginning here is that his experience in the camp, taking everything away from him that he would have perceived made him who he is. Externally speaking, he's left with no control. And when a person is left with absolutely nothing on the outside that he can control, now becomes the biggest gift, can be the biggest gift that can ever happen, would be to look inside and to start developing control on the inside, to start watering the gardens on the inside of us. Really important clue here. If I'm still asking this question of what is the meaning of my life, but I'm putting it into goals, you know, physical goals, it's still not a, we're still not there yet with that. It's still, it's not a job. It's not how many children I have, how much I have to provide charity work. I, it's not an actual measurable thing. It's really not. Because again, you'll find that it's not enough. Why do I have a lot of money now? I have stability. I have a great looking spouse, uh, children, and a great car. And why am I not happy yet? Right? I find it empty. There's no meaning to it. Why am I not getting this fulfillment that I thought would be there if I attained those things? So we're too busy attaining them. We get them. It's just not enough. One would say that suffering gets us closer to that. 
right? Uh, people that go to prisons or jails, everything is taken away from them. They really have no choice, choice but to develop a relationship with themselves, to start asking that question on a whole nother level, to make their time either beautiful heaven on earth inside their mind or hell on earth inside their mind. It's not an actual physical thing anymore. They are closer to that truth than we are on the outside being overstimulated with all the stuff that we get to do. Okay, now the next thing that Viktor Frankl gives us a clue about is when he says, you don't create your mission in life, you detect it. So I I love this. I really love this. You don't create your mission in life, you detect it. We spend a long time a long time fantasizing about this idea of what a great life would be, right? We might look at movies, see our parents, and try to mimic those things, thinking that's what our life needs to look like. That's what our identity needs to be. Again, once we achieve these things, or once we uh, figure out that it, it's not enough and it's not really going to water the gardens on the inside by accomplishing these things. It, it's a wake up call. So I love it when he says that basically all these goals we spend time doing to create a mission, you know, I'm like, I, this is what I'm going to be. I'm, this is my calling. This is my, this is the meaning to my life. It's my legacy. All these things is just kind of a, uh, don't, don't look there. What you need to, to know, which actually brings a lot of safety and security within me when I hear this is that you already are in your purpose right the hell now. You've been living it. You've been living your purpose ever since you were born. The meaning is in everything that you do. And sometimes we are in tune with that in this lifetime, but sometimes we miss that call. We miss that reflection, that shift from the external world to the our, our internal development. We, we miss that shift and it's a darn important shift, people. It's a darn important shift. We are already fulfilling the purpose right now. And if we start that way, then everything that we do has meaning in it. It is meant to be exactly as is because we are starting to accept that about ourselves, that we are not just walking around doing nothing, that we're just accomplishing stuff. We're all about missions and goals. No, 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 no. We now have to elevate our thought process to understanding that everything that we do, every change that we make on the inside serves a meaning. We expand on the inside. That is the importance of understanding that you serve a meaning. We start to learn about how to be patient from the inside out, not just mimicking the idea of patience outside, but really doing everything from the inside out. We understand that we are all connected to one another and that everything that I do really affects the world around me. It doesn't have to serve a big old cause that everybody has to know about. It's really just where you're at. If Nelson Mandela never ever became famous after he left prison, right, for 27 years, if he never became famous, he still would have served his meaning for life because not just because he wrote books, but because on the inside, when he was walking around in prison, showing patience, uh, didn't hold a grudge. He walked the walk. He demonstrated a lot of things that people would have been inspired about his change within himself, his ability to develop his inner self, to work on his patience, his self-love, even in a situation that really would have made you angry. He didn't go to that dark place. He was known to have walked the walk 
right? And everybody saw that walk that saw him, that met with him, and they were moved by his walk. That's the purpose he served at minimum, is that people saw him around him and how he responded, whether he showed mercy, gratitude, in a time where maybe it wouldn't have been as obvious. That's what I'm talking about. You're serving your purpose right now. When you are driving your vehicle and you get angry at someone, uh, because they cut you off. Will you show them mercy? Will you show them courtesy? Will you get angry with them? Will you attempt to call their mother some sort of name? <laughs> what will you do? What will you do? Serving your meaning is walking and demonstrating really your connection with other people. Your interaction, your walk is being observed by people around you and they either inspire or you're not in tune and you just kind of go through the, the thing of life and you're not doing nothing with an internal self-alignment. So if you don't know that you are serving a purpose here, that you're already living it right now, then you are going to take this life thing and maybe act rudely to people. Never think about twice about changing it or, or becoming an inspiration wherever you're at, wherever the heck you're at, whether you are a janitor at a school and you walk around and you catch the subtleties that only you know how to do and uh, make it comfortable for maybe certain people that, or kids that may be the underdog and they need more help and you're there for support. Whatever it is that you get to do, you do it with meaning because you know that you're not just a wasted life. On the inside, you are in tune and understand that you are living your meaning now, that you either inspire and you change the world within, with around you. It doesn't have to be, again, a big cause. It's just a wor the world around you. People are seeing the way you respond. Will you respond to inspire them to change just like you have? Or will your response cause resistance? So this is the decision you have to make right now. Does my life right now, do I believe that it has meaning? And from that place, everything that you do is blessed. Everything that you do it shines bright because it comes from an internal source of light. It's not what you accomplish or achieve. It's not a goal. It's not a, a status of any kind. It's not a title. You are living it right now. How are you doing it? And when somebody walks into a store and they drop a can, will you be in tune enough to pick up the can and, and hand it over to them? And show them generosity, courtesy, or will you say, oh, you know, that six, six foot distance, social distancing, get the heck away from me, even if, even if I have a mask on. But, but you don't know that even that subtle delivery of a can to the person for relief comes from a place that says, I am of value on the inside because of my humanity and because I see the value in my humanity and it has meaning. You have meaning in my world too, even if you don't know you have meaning. But that simple relief that I give you when I when I pick up that can and you're holding a whole bunch of stuff and I give it back to you, and whether you acknowledge it or not acknowledge it, I don't really care, but I connect with you and, your, and our humanity and we become in this one instant unified. We understand we are of the same energy and even have similar memories. We know what it's like to be relieved when somebody helps us out with something so we can both connect on that level. Everything that you do serves a purpose. Don't think too hard about whether life has a meaning. It sure does. 
you are its meaning. You and whatever you do, your walk in life, will you inspire, will you offer to pull your neighbor's weeds when they are uh, at work all day long and you know that they're at work all day long and they don't have any help and I might be at home. Will you offer to pull their weeds and not be acknowledged for it and inspire, inspire through your kindness, through bringing light. You have an opportunity to do that right now, right the heck now. Again, when you start thinking or when you stop thinking in missions and accomplishments and achievements, I promise you where you're standing right now is you serving a purpose. You are serving a purpose and your life has meaning and it engages with other souls, whether it's your children, your spouse, will you, will you show compassion? Will you show forgiveness? Are you the demonstration of mercy? Those are powerful things. Those are powerful things. Yeah, that's where we're at. You don't have to create no mission. You are living it. You are living it right now if you are in tune and in alignment with it and agree and accept your value as a human being, as energy and how it connects to other energy. When you value that, when you understand that on that level, then you are beyond the physical, friends. Now we are living on a whole nother level. Doesn't that feel good? We live on a whole nother level. Viktor Frankl says, Ever more people today have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. Now, again, you already have the meaning on the inside. We know that in order for us to continue to reflect on what that meaning is in in this moment, it's not a meaning as a whole, but what is your meaning in this moment? Is it to pick up the can that fell or to allow the person who's carrying too many items and their kids are all over the place and they, and they would just like to go home. They just look tired. Would, would you like to give them your spot in line, uh, as they're checking out from the cashier? What, what is your role? What is your role in this moment? And it is only that moment that you are being accountable for right now in this moment. How do you provide? How do you live out your meaning? Victor Frankel during his time at the concentration camp. He talked about his experiences seeing other people, other prisoners abuse other prisoners, as well as seeing the beauty that can only come from this kind of suffering, which is a man give his last piece or share his last piece of bread with another person, or even give at times his last piece of bread to another human. Now, what's really beautiful about Viktor Frankl is that he's able to give us this perspective. If he was bitter, holding a grudge, couldn't understand the beauty in this suffering in itself, the only the, the beauty that you can only find in this kind of suffering, right? This level of generosity that goes beyond generosity. If he if he wasn't able to describe that the way he did, then I probably wouldn't think it's possible. And that's the beauty in him going beyond just the abuse that he saw because he could have stuck there, held a, held a grudge, started hating a whole population because they done me wrong and I got to hate them and all that fancy stuff. You know, he could have done that. He would have had every justification, but he never used those excuses. He always talked about his time with respect and with meaning. He, he, he understood that he had the ability to respond differently even if the circumstances didn't allow it. He knew he had this freedom. And because he knew he had this freedom, his life from that point on had meaning. Yep. That's it. And that's where I want to leave it for you today. Accept your freedom to make decisions on the inside, 
to respond in a different way and understand that you have this freedom right now. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything else. You just have to accept that you have this freedom to control circumstances on the inside of you. Right? So if you want to be a demonstration of love and you want your time here on earth to demonstrate love, patience, compassion, all the things that feels good to do for other people, then start now. Start now. And I promise you every moment will count as it should, as it already is counting. It's just been a pleasure talking about this. And I don't think I've done this topic any justice, but I hope it inspires and I hope that it gets you starting right the heck now, whether it's you take extra care of setting dinner for tonight and do it with love and you approach it with love. Nothing else is is worthy, more worthy cause than that. Nothing else is a better mission than that. Love. Do everything with love. And I promise you, you won't waste a moment in your life wondering where did it go? What happened to it? Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. I'm sending you love, light, and 10,000 kisses your way. This has been an episode of Drive Through.